episode number 428 with New York Times best-selling author Dean Graziosi. Welcome to the School of Greatness. My name is Lewis Howes, a former pro athlete turned lifestyle entrepreneur. And each week we bring you an inspiring person or message to help you discover how to unlock your inner greatness. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now let the class begin. With Capella University's FlexPath learning format, you can earn your degree online at your own pace and get support from people who care about your success. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. It's packed with benefits to help unlock more value from your business purchases. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. Okay, quick math. The less your business depends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep, obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite and you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Backed by popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks head to netsuite.com slash greatness netsuite.com slash greatness again head to netsuite.com slash greatness welcome everyone back to another inspirational interview on the school of greatness podcast we've got dean graziosi in the house and most of you know of him as someone who has been on TV almost every single day for the last 15 years, he uh, did a number of educational interviews and infomercials teaching real estate for over 15 years on TV. And it's been amazing to hear about his results. At one point, he talks about how he did over $150 million in sales in 18 months for an infomercial from one different commercial he did. He talks about the millionaire success habits, what he learned from living in a trailer park growing up to not going to college, and how he transformed his life from living in scarcity and living with hand-me-downs to being financially free a thousand times over. Again, he never went to college. He's a multiple New York Times bestselling author. He's an entrepreneur, an inspirational speaker. And some of the things we talk about are the habits that he does every single morning that set him up for financial success, but also fulfillment in his life. We talk about the seven levels deep exercise that when everyone goes through this exercise, you understand the actual purpose of your life's mission. Such a powerful experience. You're going to want to make sure you go through it. We also talked about how he overcame the 
misconception of being on an infomercial and the lesson that Tony Robbins taught him about this process as well. We talk about the keys of persuasion, sales, and marketing. And really, for someone who's sold hundreds of millions of dollars worth of products and services, I asked him, what is the secret? What are the keys to sales, marketing, and persuasion? He reveals the simple philosophy that has served him and his audience over the last 20 years in this process. We talk about that and so much more in this interview, episode number 428 with the one, the only, Dean Graziosi. Welcome, everyone, to the School of Greatness podcast. We have a living legend, Dean Graziosi, <laughs> yeah, in the thank, house. Thanks for being. Thanks Good for you, uh, having me here, man. This Good is to awesome. See you. I'm excited. I uh, first found out about you probably, I don't know, 10 or 15 years ago from TV, Yeah. late night, when I was probably <laughs> broke and depressed, trying to figure out about what I was going to do with my life. Right. You were on there interviewing, talking about a book and real estate stuff. I remember you in front of a house talking about how you generated like or this house, like someone made thirty grand from, or something yeah, like yeah, that, or yeah. one hundred thirty thousand, or something like that, <laughs> yeah. vaguely. And uh, I met you the first time. I don't know if you remember this. I think it was probably five or six years ago. At um, Josh Bazzoni had a mastermind. Oh yeah, 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 in uh, Austin. Yes, that's right. And I, I, I was and, wondering where I met you the first time. And it was yeah, like I couldn't we briefly put... just shook yeah, yeah. hands, and then yep. I met you again. I think for like a hot second through Than Merrill. Okay. Yeah, I yeah, believe yeah. at yep. one of his events or something. Got so it. I think we met briefly, but this is But really, now we're here, so now we're here. And um thanks to Joe Polish for connecting us. Yeah. And uh, I know you he's guys the, do a lot he's of the he's the he's yeah. the total connector, right? Yeah, exactly. Um I've got a lot of questions for you today, okay. but you wrote a book called Millionaire Success Habits. Make sure you guys go check this out. We'll tell you where to go at the end here. It's it's the uh, the gateway to wealth and prosperity. And you are a New York Times bestseller. You've written a number of books, five yep. books, right? Yeah. And why why this book? Most of them are real estate-minded yeah. books. Why a book about millionaire success habits? You know, I, I, it's a great question. The first book I ever wrote, my first New York Times bestseller, was called Totally Fulfilled. Hmm. I was in the business, and I read it now. You know, it's like you, you look back. If you're, you're like, a person that's someone who grows, I look back at that now, and I'm like, oh, cringe. can I take it off the shelves? <laughs> like, yeah. But I wrote that book because I'd already been in the education business mm-hmm. for 10 years. And when you know, when you find it, when you obsess on getting people results, right, and, and which – everybody watching whatever you do in life, like there's nothing better than being passionate about what you do. Mm-hmm. And when I'd look where people would fall short on doing a real estate deal or taking their life to the next level or, or taking action, it had nothing to do with my tactical skills on what I taught in real estate. Cause what I was teaching was exactly what I did. I literally, right. you know, not to, tell, to go to the story, but I was lived in a trailer park. I was homeless with my dad for a year. We lived in a bathroom. I went through that. I didn't go to past high school. I had dyslexia, all this stuff that a lot of us have gone through. I know that the strategies worked mm. in real estate. When I got so frustrated, I'm like, I don't need to write a real estate book. I need to write a book to get out of their own way, to get mm. over the obstacles, to just use the crap that I'm giving you so you right. can take action. Because they would so, have the strategies, but they wouldn't get the results. Right. They, they couldn't, you know, the first obstacle, they turn around and go backwards, right? First time it doesn't work, you know, limiting beliefs, people from the outside, the stories they tell themselves, all the things that we all know. And if you're, mm-hmm. if your audience is watching this, they get a lot of that stuff. So, I, I wrote that book and then uh, went on to write four or five, five more real estate books. I've um, been blessed to sell lots of them, millions of books put, sold. And then in the last couple of years, it's just been on my heart to to share the, the, the process in which I went through and then being blessed to be friends with really successful people and billionaires. Yeah. And, and you've, the, the more success you have, the more you realize it's less shifts in your life than you would think. 
I think mm-hmm. when you're struggling and you want more, if you think back to when you were on the couch at your sister's house, mm-hmm. you probably thought there was a hundred or 200 things you had to change about you. You had to discover the latest and greatest and technology and all the things, the complexity of today's world, right? We're overloaded with information. We're overloaded with delivery systems. If everybody, anybody's in marketing, it's like, do I do Facebook? Yeah. And if it's Facebook, is it Facebook Live? Is it? We get all <laughs> so much complexity with the delivery systems and we forget that it really boils down to about a handful of things, handful of things that make someone successful or not. So through my years and, and touching the lives of millions of people and reading tens of thousands of posts and doing live events, you realize that people are just lacking these habits that they could shift. And that, that's what I got on this obsession about 18 months ago. And that's why, wow. that's why millionaire success wow. habits. Who was your, your biggest mentor growing up? You know, I would say I, I didn't have a lot of mentors growing up. Um, I, I, was, I was probably more running away from the life I had. You know, I, I hated watching my parents struggle. I mean, mm. all they ever worried about was money, right. right? There was no time for coaching Little League. And I was telling you, I'll tell you more. My daughter's here with me today, too. Her first business trip when she turned yeah. 10, she's here on the business trip. But, you know, I get to coach Little League. I get to go to every dance recital. Mm. I play par- at the park in the middle of the day. I watched my parents not have any of those options. They were great parents. They just didn't have those options. So I think I was running away from the pain of money and broke and all that. But th- I would have to say 18 years ago, Tony Robbins made a massive impact yeah. on my life. Just, I mean, he's one of my dearest friends in the world now, but 18 years ago, it was his course and my journal where I said, someday I hope to meet him, you know? And right. So I would say that he made a big impact on me for That's sure. crazy. Wow. Okay. Was there, how did you get out of the, uh, I guess the scarcity mindset or the scarce life you were living in where you were in the trailer park or you were living in a bathroom and your yeah, parents yeah. had these conversations? How did you shift it? Was there information you learned from Tony or from someone else that helped you get started? You know, it's funny. I, I've been asked that question before and I don't have a specific epiphany like, oh, this one moment. I can remember thinking um, throughout high school and even in my early 20s, uh, maybe not my early 20s. I, I, I flipped pretty quick, uh, right around 20 years old. But you I didn't go to college, right? No, I didn't go to college. I barely got out of high school. Right. Um, but I can remember thinking in high school, whatever years that was, is that, you know, I hope someday I can get a job and make a thousand bucks a week and just get by. I'm not that smart because I had trouble reading. I still can't yeah, read great, but I, did, I have dis- had dyslexia is what I think it's been diagnosed now, but I still can't comprehend good when I read, but I for- didn't realize I was an audible and visual learner. I could listen mm-hmm. to a book and I'll memorize the whole book. I can wow. watch somebody on stage and emulate that if it fits my life. But sometimes we're judged by a scorecard that doesn't, it's an outdated scorecard, yeah. right? So not only did we not have money, I also felt, well, I'm not smart enough to go to school. Mm. And something changed around 17, 18 years old. Just something flipped. And I just, I noticed, and this is going to sound like it's a pitch for the book, and it's not, but I noticed the people in my town, this little tiny town I grew up in upstate New York, the people that had money, the people that seemed happier, I don't know behind the scenes, but Mm. they seemed happier, more fulfilled. They were more relaxed. Like life just happened. Like they were walking up a ladder instead of like my family seemed like they were running on a treadmill. You know, it's like we're going fast, but we're not going anywhere. So why is this guy and this woman in this town doing so well? And I remember just obsessing on it. And and what I noticed, it was, I didn't, I didn't call it habits. I'd love to say I figured this out when I was in my 20s. But what I realized is they just did different things than my family and my friends were doing. And I just started obsessing on that. And I was young enough and naive enough to just think I could do it. Wow. You know, I mean, sometimes you wish you could give that gift to somebody in their 20s, 30s, 50s, 70s, right? I had the gift of being naive and a little dumb and not listening to anybody. I mean, I was, in 1998, I did my first infomercial. Wow. And. Almost 20 years ago. Yeah. 
1998, Crazy. I filmed my first one. And my sister, my daughter's aunt, my daughter's sitting here with this, my sister drove from Virginia. Because by then, so in 1998, I had, um, I had an apartments, I had a collision shop, I had an auto sales, and I was building houses. Doing from from that broke kid, I was doing How well. How were you when you started that? I was probably in 1998. It was 20, what, 20 years ago. I was uh, 28, 29 wow. years old. So in your early 20s, you started to do the yeah. So real by that, yeah, by else. yeah. So I, I hit it big in real estate by the time I was 26, 27 years old, just by taking action, knocking on a million doors, and finally got someone to do a no money down deal with me when I was 20, and then another one, and I rolled that into the next deal, the next deal, and consistent it was action, consistent action, yeah, yeah. and and consistent you know, failing and getting back up, right? Mm -hmm. it, the, the, the space between failures is really a huge determining factor of your success, right? It's like, how, if you can fail fast, you can win quicker, right? Yeah. Um, so I remember the first, I, I decided to do an infomercial. I'm going to write a book on how to make money and go on TV. And my family lost their mind. Like my sister drove from Virginia <laughs> to sit down with me and say, it's time to get real. You, <laughs> you did good. You got lucky, not lucky. You work hard. You got here, but mm -hmm. you're going to blow it. You're, you, and I, I remember that definitive, that, that conversation like it was yesterday. It's your and sister. My sister. And she well, did it out of pure love. Of she thought she was protecting me. How many people listening right now want to listen to you or do something? Go, oh, you're listening to that. Wasting your time. Just get real. Right. You know, do something. So I remember that conversation and I, I literally almost gave up on it. I remember going to cancel the whole thing and say, what am I thinking? I, I, I can't read that good. I'm going to write a book and all this stuff. And luckily, I just remember thinking, if I keep these patterns... I'm going to continue the same process my family has and I want more. And we filmed it and the show went on TV and, you know, it aired in 1999 and I went 17 years straight without missing a day on TV. 17 years. Without missing a day on TV. Does it stop now? Or? It stopped because we're going from my real estate book to <laughs> oh, this. So wow. we're just pausing until this, this, the show I did with Larry King is going to roll out sure. on uh, Millionaire Success Habits sometime. 17 years. Yeah, I didn't miss a day on TV. Was it all throughout the U.S., over the world? Just U.S. Just, just the U.S. US. Yeah. Wow. And yeah. how did you... Now, was there a guy named Big who was a part of this? Big, yeah. Big, he bought my media. Gotcha. I met right. him. He I bought some of my media. Okay. When we were... Yeah, he's a great guy. He's a, interesting character, He's an right? interesting yeah, character. Yeah. I love that guy. Yeah. That's so cool. he worked for Mercury Media. Uh-huh. And yeah. Merc, I had three media. At one time when we were really cranking, I had three media companies at wow. the same time. Just buying media for just, it. Yeah, we were running out of media. It was converting so well. Wow. So amazing. Now, is this the same uh, infomercial for 17 no, years? No, no. Shouldn't new one about every year. Really? Wow. Yeah, it's somewhere. It was an interview. Some I drove in my car. That was one of my biggest ones. I just put a camera on the dash of the, the window, no uh, the, the windshield, and I drove in the car for a half hour and, and pitched. I, I'd stop it. Literally, I'd stop at streetlights and pitch my book. I'd stop, and then I'd hold the book up and be like, hey, everybody, I'm driving to my house right now wow. from my office, but if you want my book, call the number. Wait, it's light screen. I oh got to go. Oh, my gosh. What did you... Um, what do you, how did you think that um, these infomercials were to do well for you? You know, you had a good system already. Just, you were making good money. Why risk something like that? Because of Tony. If I lost all my money, yeah, if I lost all my money, I'd have to blame him. Because right? he was on TV. He was on TV night. and he inspired me. I'm wow. like, I want to inspire people with my story. So I didn't, I, I didn't even know, I didn't know about direct mail or the internet really wasn't was there nothing. yet. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it was AOL dial-up that would, yeah. you know, t so it wasn't the internet. And I was naive enough. I mean, I, I shot the infomercial. And then I didn't know how to get it on TV. Oh. I was calling like stations and I'm like, who books the media? How do you get on? <laughs> like so naive. How did you and then know just, what formula was going to work? Didn't. I didn't. I just watched Tony and I. Like, let I, me I try this, this out. Let me try this. And I just, I remember I was a nervous wreck and scared, but my, you know, I, there's a, and, and I, I'm, I'm happy to talk about me, but I really want to serve today. I want to, I want to give back anything that I can do to help somebody watching right now that wants to get over that obstacle or they feel like they're at a plateau or just they're. 
they, they know there's more and they can't. I mean, that's the biggest frustration in life is knowing yeah. you have more gas in the tank and you don't know where to go, how to go, or get that momentum. But I, 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 I digress. That I got off track. But I did the infomercial being so naive, um, had no idea how to get it on. And I just – and that, the part I was going to tell everybody is persistence. Mm. Like I didn't – I literally flew to Arizona to, to meet a media buyer and I said, I have no idea what I'm doing. And I just kept pushing. And, wow. and one of those things – that I think during the evolution of growing from wherever you are to where you want to go is do whatever you do best. I mean, do whatever you're doing the best you can, knowing there's the bigger horizon. So I literally was working during the day on cars. I was a, I'd paint cars. I was doing really? collision repair at night. I'd go work on my apartments and I was a plumber and, and, wow. and, and, and hung sheetrock and I'd work till midnight on houses and I was tired, but I had a dream. I knew I wanted to help people do better. So it made what I was doing okay because I knew there was more. Mm -hmm. So the big problem I see is people want more and they hate what they're doing so that it, they're, they're in a, they're in a state of mind where God, I just, when I'm done with this crap, then someday I'll reach my dreams. And if you can flop that to go, no, this is the gateway to my dreams. I don't care that I'm serving coffee or I'm painting cars or I'm a teacher right now, or I'm on my sister's couch. Like this is what I have to do. And I have to do it the best. Become a master. at Just this. become a master at that yeah. because, and that's the income and the security and the mindset yes. that fuels the next level. It's not, this is miserable, I hate it, I feel the next level, and now I'm amazing. It's like, you need to, to master that. Yeah, the process. Yeah. You got to fall in love with that process. You do, and, you have to, and, and the evolution, yeah, and the failure. You're not going to have, like, overnight success. You know, it took you probably 10 years until you, until you got into that yeah, It's like phase. the first time you see an actor in a movie, and you're like, man, I never saw that person. Overnight success. It's like, they don't show the, the summer stock and all the stuff, you know, the millions of theater and yeah. no money and editing. All the extra work that all, he did, yeah, for, sitting there drinking coffee in the background. For, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Wow. Okay. Can you share, I wasn't even going to ask about this, but I'm fascinated about infomercials now yeah. since you've done it for so yeah. long. Is there a, a formula to like the most successful infomercial, like five or six things that you must have? Yeah. You know, it's yeah. so funny when I went dead before when my brain, there was a thought I had and I ne <laughs> never happens because we just got off a plane. It might be the Dramamine, um, <laughs> but I went flat for a second because what I was thinking, what I was going to tell you is you said, how do you know it was going to work? Mm. And what I'd share with anybody watching in any kind of marketing or any kind of persuasion or any kind of getting someone, attracting somebody, persuading someone to get them to take action. When I look back at those original infomercials, I had two things going for me. I, I wasn't the smartest guy in the world, mm -hmm. struggled reading, insecure about that, um, wasn't college educated. I don't have a really incredible vocabulary. It's hard for me to articulate certain words because they just, they're not in there, yeah. right? But what I had was, is enthusiasm and authenticity. When I look back at those infomercials and they hit like monsters, I mean, one infomercial I did, one of the first sit down infomercials, um, infomercials I did did 150 million in sales. Wow! Just one infomercial. And how long of a period was that over? About 18 months. Wow, it's amazing. And I look back at that, and I don't say that to brag, and that all that's not profit. You know, it's, yeah, right, of course. So I, you spend a lot saying, of media. Of, in your course. Day, of course. And so I, I don't want anybody. I'm not, and yeah. I, I, I barely say anything about money. I'm saying that to make an impact mm -hmm. because I wasn't the smartest guy. I didn't go to college. I didn't come from anything. Most people watching are way further ahead than mm -hmm. I was when I started. You weren't trained I on the have, camera. You right, weren't. But, yeah, yeah. But what I did have. As I look back even at those old shows where I'm embarrassed to see myself and my New York accent was like super heavy, that's where I grew up, um, is I had authenticity mm. and enthusiasm. And I think people could see this guy really wants to help. It wasn't scripted. It wasn't perfect. I stuttered. I, I, I said words wrong. I mean, I look at some of those, I use the wrong words in the wrong context, but it still converted. 
and as I evolved, so I say, what's the foundation? Like as I evolved and I did the first time I did a sit down Larry King style infomercial, he's the one that gave me the idea mm-hmm. for that. Then I did the one where I was driving in my car. The reason I did that driving in my car is I wanted people to know that I wasn't using a teleprompter. Mm-hmm. There wasn't somebody scripting me. There wasn't a million cuts. It was me wasn't just produced. driving. It wasn't yeah. produced. It was me driving from my office. I started it with a backpack. I said, I'm going home. You want to take a ride with me? And I talked till I got home. You, Brianna and my son were probably... Uh, three and one. When uh, I got to the door, they came running out. That no was the way. end of the infomercial. That's cool. Right? And, and that wasn't even planned. They just <laughs> ran out because dad was home, right? Wow. But I did that because I could tell the authenticity and the enthusiasm I had to change people's lives was there. So w- what I'd say for an infomercial, for any kind of marketing, for selling yourself, you still need the core. I mean, what I wrote in this book, but what you need is the core foundations yeah. of of what success are. Now, I, I would say a couple of things when it comes to persuasion. Out of all my years of doing this and, and being lucky to sell, I, I wasn't a scientist of selling. I was just an innate, I had an innate ability to sell through that passion. And then you get your 10,000 hours in and all of a sudden it becomes it. good, right? Yeah. So on the job training, of course, right? Of course. But when I look back, um, and if I, if I go off in an area that you want to reel me back sure. in, reel it back in, but people buy from you will love you, will learn from you, will give you a promotion when they feel understood, mm. not when they understand you. And that was one of the biggest lessons ever. When you watch someone who is so full of knowledge, so full of wisdom and wants to sell their product, sell themselves, get the raise, close the deal at the boardroom, they always want to just exude who they are, their credentials, what they have and how they could solve the problem. And that will get you so far. Like being great at sharing who you are will get you out of Egypt. Understand how people feel and letting them feel understood will get you to the promised land. Right. So when you go to an audience or you're talking to, to close a deal, most people want to share. Most of the time you just need to be quiet and, and find what's going on in that person's life. Be be an expert at the temporary state of mind, like understand what they're going through at that minute and let them feel understood. When you let people feel understood, when someone's watching you and you do an amazing job, dude, I've been watching you forever and, and I love what you do. But when someone watches you and go, man, that guy gets me. He understands where I'm going at. He understands my struggles. He understands where I want to go. That's someone I can hitch my cart to. One of my favorite parts about my job is that I get the opportunity to travel a lot. And in fact, I'm recording this right now while I'm in Mexico. And actually, I was thinking about something that I wanted to share because I get a lot of questions from so many people about different side hustle ideas. So here's one for those of you out there that are on the go a lot like I am or traveling a lot. When you're staying in your Airbnb on your trips, have you ever thought about how you could be making extra money by hosting through Airbnb while your home is vacant? If you're interested in an extra stream of income, Airbnb hosting is an easy place to start and it's like giving your home some company while you're away your home might be worth more than you think find out how much at airbnb.com slash host so listen we all know life is full of yada yada like those quote unquote free trials that somehow still charge your card for something or when companies have those sneaky gotchas hiding deep in the fine print and i know you've dealt with yada yada before like those bills that keep going up and up for no reason at all or when budget airlines promise a cheap fare but then charge you for every little thing until you realize you're paying more than you would have somewhere else and yes it is possible to outsmart yada yada like triple checking airline deals to make sure all you need is already included but you don't take yada yada in life so don't take yada yada from your wireless provider metro by t-mobile has no contracts no credit checks no surprises and nada yada yada stop by one of over six thousand metro stores nationwide
When you want the best, you have to act quickly or someone else will get it instead. Like when you're trying to buy tickets for the best seat at your favorite team's big game or when you're hiring for your business and you want to find the most talented people for your open roles before the competition scoops them up. With ZipRecruiter, you can find qualified candidates fast. And right now you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com greatness. ZipRecruiter's powerful matching technology takes center stage to identify top talent for your roles. Immediately after you post your job, ZipRecruiter's smart technology starts showing you qualified people for it. And I believe finding the right team member is one of the most important steps in setting up my company for success. We like to ensure our new hires will be a good fit before they're even on the team. So I am grateful that I have ZipRecruiter's help when we want to grow the team fast. Amp up your hiring performance with ZipRecruiter and find the best fast. See why four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Just go to this exclusive web address right now to try ZipRecruiter for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash greatness. Again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash greatness. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Rather than someone who's got great credentials and tells you can go, I understand that person, but I don't think he understands where I'm at, right? And so the, the two things when it comes to an infomercial, comes to anything with persuasion, the two things I always tell myself is, how do I make sure that person feels understood? And secondly, how do I enter a conversation going on in their mind, not mine? You know, when you were on your sister's couch, you had different struggles, Right Absolutely. now, I come to Doheny Drive in LA. You're in a completely different world, right, a completely right. different space, flying to the White House, and all this stuff yeah, that you yeah. got going on. <laughs> the conversations in your head have changed mm -hmm. dramatically from when you're on your sister's couch to now. Yeah. So what happens, and I've watched this with marketers and people in business, as they evolve, they hit a. You remember that pain, that passion, that <sighs> the desire for more. I mean, you could probably close your eyes right now and remember that desire and think and. Am I ever going to make it? And mm -hmm. and even a little bit of envy for maybe some of your buddies who Absolutely. made it or a little jealousy. doesn't mean you wished ill thoughts on them, but it's like, damn it, they made it. I don't have it. What if I never get it? When If you remember that pain, if you remember that process, you remember that thoughts, you will always serve anybody watching who needs that. But what happens to some people is as they evolve and you're going to join the country club, maybe you're going to get married, <laughs> you're going to move to the suburbs. Now you got an accountant and you got two assistants and now should I My hire a sales jets, team, yeah. got a private jet and then <laughs> is the pilot going to be laid and then, and then, you know, and then you're like, I got a Facebook team. Should I outsource the Facebook market? And all of a sudden your conversations change. You get to do an interview or you pitch on camera or you do an infomercial and all of a sudden you're having conversations in your head and your audience feels disconnected and you don't even know why. You're like, what, what did I miss? Because now you're asking questions of a completely different group because you've evolved. So the two things, again, I always go back to, even before I turn the camera on, before I go on stage, mm. before I do an infomercial, I said, people buy from you, love you, adore you, will learn from you if they feel understood. And mm. I want to enter conversations going on in their heads, not mine. Wow. Powerful. So two, two simple, like such simple little things, but it's a foundation yeah. for persuasion. Amazing, man. Um, so what are some of the habits then that you learned over the years that the millionaires have that the rest of people don't have? Um, so this is going to sound, this one's going to sound crazy, but this is one that I've, I've, I shouldn't say it sounds crazy. It sounds too simple, but this one has been a, a passion of mine for the last probably two years more than ever, last six months, especially. I told you before with, with being a dad, you know, you always want to be able to look in the mirror no matter how much money you're making or what you're doing for a living and look at that person and say, are you good with you? Like, mm -hmm. are you compromising who you are? Are you, are, are you going against your values to be successful? But you know, you just, you have to have that conversation with the man in the mirror, right? Yeah, absolutely. But when you have kids, 
it compounds times a thousand. Anybody watching who knows <laughs> knows exactly what I'm saying. Kids don't do what you say. They do what you do. So you have somebody watching. If I want to be the best dad possible, I want to I need to keep evolving and faster than ever. So I would say a morning routine, this is just one of them that's been huge in my life, mm-hmm. is setting my day up for success. And, and you know, in an interview like this, there's so many different directions we can go, but I, yeah. I want to give some really strong takeaways here is everybody watching, we suffer on all different levels of suffering. We, some people suffer on a high level. Some people suffer because is the job going to get done? Is the, is the deal going to come through? Like we have these moments of suffering, no matter if it's five minutes of suffering or an hour of suffering or months of suffering. Right. Some people lose a relationship and they suffer for years. Mm-hmm. Some people have a partner take their money. They suffer for years and they're stuck in that. And if you can limit the time you suffer, the more you can work on the solutions to better your life. People stuck in suffering Absolutely. are stuck forever. And we know right now I'm saying it and you're thinking of friends that you have that are yeah. stuck. Some they, yeah. they went, 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 found some suffering and they just crippled. Or it. moments where I was suffering and yeah. I didn't let go of it. You can't let go of it, right? And, or I held onto it for right. too long and, and it you, hurt me. Right, and yeah. if you hold on to it, there's not enough energy or focus no. to keep moving forward. You could That's when you stall, right? Yeah. So what I've been on this obsession and literally Tony uh, Robbins flew out. Him and I got really close. He flew out and him and I had lunch about nine months ago and he's on the same thing of like eliminating like complete suffering gone like instead of it hours or weeks it's moments that you catch it so morning routines help me more than ever and i'll tell you mine um anybody wants to steal this this works for me because i (laughs) want to set my days up for least amount of suffering um feeling grateful and ready to you know just rock at the day like nothing can get me off now Everybody knows gratitude is a key to success, happiness, joy. You can't be grateful and depressed, grateful and sad. You just can't do the two together. But yeah. it's hard sometimes. I feel like the roadrunners before your time. But when I was a kid, remember Beep Beep, the roadrunner? Yeah, there yeah, was yeah. the Tasmanian devil. Yep. So most of our lives with Facebook and social media and cell phones, and te- we're like the Tasmanian devil. There's so much dust around us. It's hard to like see through it, right? Like it's like, I just got to get through this storm and then I'll be okay. How do I, you want me to set a goal and be grateful? Like right, how do right. I get out of this dust storm, right? Sure. So I just obsessed on how do I start my day to make sure that doesn't happen. So one thing I do is at night, put your, I put my phone on airplane mode. Mm-hmm. And for the last year, especially when I wake up in the morning, I do not check email or texts. Because I, I can't. If I check email or text. Especially it, it, in bed, right? It, right. And yeah. who? And I've done it for years. I'm not telling something I haven't done. But I, the great text put me in a good mood. Bad text, I become the thermo- anxious. Yeah. Like, you. And if you're like, oh, you know, I should get this done. I should just yeah. get this out of the way, right? And you become the thermometer of life. Life just grabbed a hold of you and they're going to tell you how your day is going to be. Right. I don't know if I'm going to adjust you on the heat up, the ice cold or stressed mm-hmm. or anxious. or So I leave my phone on airplane mode. And the first thing I do is I feed my soul, right? And... And that's not this, I'm just being honest, I don't chant, I don't do hours of meditation. What I've done is I've lowered the bar of gratitude. Now, these are habits that you think, oh, this is revolutionary. These are the habits that I look, have made me successful, make me keep going forward, push through the negative times, keep reaching for the next thing. So I, I find gratitude, but I've lowered the bar. And I just said this, but I'll wake up some mornings and be like, damn, these sheets are amazing. <laughs> you know, I mean, 150,000, you can Google it, 150,000 people die every day. Mm-hmm. There's some days I just wake up and go, damn, I'm not one of them. Mm-hmm. I'm here. And when you can find gratitude on the lowest level, not I conquered, I did, look, I see your wall. You have, you've interviewed such amazing people. You got to be so proud of yourself. Yeah, yeah. I, I look at it, I admire it. That's amazing goals. But sometimes we just set ourselves up until you get the next one of those pictures up there. The rest of the stuff is just mundane. It's not. We're in this beautiful world. We're blessed every day. We're learning every moment. Even an interview like this, take, take 
all the stuff I say, throw most of it away. If you get one thing I say today, it was worth your time with us being together. Just, just one thing, right? Yeah. So I find a way to be grateful in like the first few moments I wake up by lowering the bar. No big special thing. Or sometimes I'll open a book like I just read The Untethered Soul for the second time. Love that book. I'll yeah. read two sentences out loud. And then I feed my body. So I immediately get up and I do, I mean, it's just my personal thing, but I do a glass, a full, big glass of water with a lemon, a green juice, mm. some essential oils, and I down that because I feel like I'm feeding my body. And then I go move, whether it's workout, run, exercise, and someone isn't working out, I just move. And those three things set me up for a successful day. And then when I get back, mm. this is something I've been doing for a year, and, and I'd say rob this because there's things <laughs> that, listen, you're in business, there's things that you love to do. It's your core competency. You were put on this earth to do. It's interviewing. It's meeting people. Right. It's networking. All, whatever you have is meant to be. But there's some things that you do. It's like, I don't want to do that conference call. I don't want to sit with my accountant and go over numbers. I just, right, whatever it is, right? And I used to think, man, I have to do that today. And I just switch that in the mornings. I write a quick little list every day of what I get to do. Mm-hmm. I just put the word, what I get to do. When I think about that, I, I used to, I used to literally live in a bathroom with my dad and I, in my teens, I worked on cars every day and smoked, you know, smelled fumes because I was Mm. like, the the rooms were always smoky. I was the only one painter in our collision shop and I'd have headaches and like, I could be doing that. So I have to do conference calls on Tuesdays and I don't like conference calls. Whip-de-doo. Now when I say I get to do (laughs) conference calls, it changes everything. So that little routine. I'm not a victim anymore. I'm not a victim anymore. Right. And, and again, on every level it's, it makes a difference. Mm. I love it. Any other hat or any other, thing in the morning that you you do no that's it that's that's my morning routine are there any non-negotiables every day for you besides the routine no not really yeah i'm pretty flexible yeah okay cool uh there's a part actually that i wanted to go over in your book called the seven levels deep is that what it is yeah and this is an exercise that you do right and what is this exercise for okay and how does it go okay so seven levels deep was probably the biggest impact uh the biggest thing in the impact in my life ever Really? Yeah. One one day. So I, I hired a guy named Joe Stump. Do you know Joe Stump? No. Great guy. Uh, he's in the marketing world. But I hired him because I want more engagement with my students. So it's it's all about if you can get somebody to digest some of your book. If somebody will read 30 pages yeah. of your book, they'll read the whole book. But how do you get them to the first 30 pages? So I'm always obsessing and trying to create ethical bribes, whatever I can right, do right. to get you to take action, right? Um, we know books work. It's the books and the action. So I was, so anyway, so Joe comes in and he said, I said, I want to do whatever I can. And he said, have you ever done the seven levels deep? Mm. I don't know where he got it from. This is probably about eight years ago. She was two. So about eight years ago. Um, and I said, well, if it's good, just give it to me. Right, right. I'll take it. I'll <laughs> yeah, take yeah. it. And he's like, I want to go through it with you. I'm like, right, listen. And, and I paid Joe 10 grand for half a day of, of consulting right. at the time. And he's like, I said, I don't want to go through it. I just want it. He goes, I won't give it to you unless you do it. So we sit there. And what the seven levels deep is, is finding everybody wants to know your purpose and what's, what's this meaning of life and what's my why and all that. I get it. And it's kind of played out. But right. I don't know if anything really gets to the heart of, the, of it as simple as this. So what it basically mm-hmm. was, he's like, why would you give me 10 grand for half a day? And I said, because I want to create a company that stands out from everybody else. I want to engage more students, change more lives. And he basically said to me, that's a, that's a really great answer. So I asked you why I'm here. And you said you want to engage more students and, and get more people to change their lives. So why is it important for you to engage more students and change people's lives? And I remember saying, you know, there's a lot of people in this industry that shouldn't be here. And there's some great people. I want to help rise all boats of the good and push the rest down. I want to leave a legacy for my kids. So he said, okay, I asked you why you pay me 10 grand. I'm not going to go through this whole thing. And he's like, you did this. You know, you said you wanted to stand out and you wanted to leave a legacy. So why is it important to leave a legacy? 
And the whole point is asking the previous question seven times. Mm. I took that that day. By the time I got to the third question, what happens is the third, when there was three questions left, I should say, he asked me four times, it switched from my head to my heart. And I felt my physiology change. I felt my emotions change. I felt like tears welling up. And when he asked me, and I don't even remember what the fourth thing I said, but the third thing I said was, I never want to go backwards. And he got me thinking about things I haven't thought about in years. I, I didn't like being the kid with hand-me-downs and I'd make my parents drop me off down the street with their junky car and I'd go to lunch. And, and this is not a poor me. I, I, my life was designed to be exactly the way it was or I wouldn't be the man or the father I am today. But there was days I'd go to school without lunch money and I'd just tell my buddies I'm not hungry because right. we didn't have a buck, right? So I never want to go back there. And I felt that emotion and it, it, it hit me so hard. I'm like, that's what it is. And he's like, well, there's two more left. So he said, Dean, why is it important that you never go backwards? And I'm like, God, I, I, I don't know. And it hit me and I thought, my kids, I, I, I just want to give them options. I don't want to raise entitled kids or brats, but I want to give them options that I didn't have. And I'm like, that's it. So he's like, well, that's not really it because it's seven. It's not nine. It's not five. It's seven <laughs> levels deep. And by now I'm crying because I'm thinking about my kids sure. literally. And I got half my staff there and I'm like just weeping. And it came to me. He said, why is that important? And it just hit me. And I never knew why I worked so hard since I was cutting firewood in high school and did all this stuff. I said, I need to be in control of my life. And these emotions flooded in my parents. Everybody's got their thing, right? But for me, and I'm yeah. saying this because I want you at home to be, or when you're watching this, listen to this. I realized that my parents were married nine times when I was a kid. So I moved 20 times by the time I was wow. 19. Different stepbrothers, stepsisters. Both parents were married. Five for my dad. Wow. Five for my mom. Four for my oh dad. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. It's crazy. Always moving. Like military kids know what that feels like, right? Wow. So I'd be in a cul-de-sac with a new stepdad, stepbrother, stepsisters, have the bike, no come way. home one day, and my mom's like, we're moving again. And then I move in with my dad, move in with my grandmother. So I had this crazy wow. hopscotch my whole There's childhood. No certainty. There was no certainty. So what I realized at that moment, literally, I'm bawling. I mean, like literally crying. It's like, I don't want anybody to ever tell me when to move, how to dress, how to live, how to work, who, how I'm going to raise my kids. It's definitely not going to kiss somebody's ass for money. <laughs> right. Right. And I realized at that moment, my why was I, I don't want to be a control freak. I just want to be in control. When I was 27, I retired both my parents. I stopped worrying about them. Wow. I took care of my grandmother. I take care of some, like, so I got those problems out of the way. And when I anchored that in and you watching at home, it's like, if you think you're watching this because you want to be an entrepreneur, or you want, or you already are. If you're watching this, you've already had great success in your life. You want that next level, or maybe it's income, or or better health, or better diet, or better physiology, whatever it is you want. So many times we think it's because I want to get out of that job. I want this freedom. I just want more money. I want to take the better vacations, and it's seven times deeper than that. And when you find that, and the reason I know this, not only because it, it wasn't just transformational to me, transformational to me, is I did live events in Las Vegas for six years straight. Every single month, there was 400 people in the room that paid 20 grand to go to real estate events, right? Real yeah, estate events. Time, yeah. So about five and a half years, I did them um, every month in Las Vegas. So once a month, I'd fly in, and that was like the highest level. And I, every single month, I'd raise, I'd get, I'd pick somebody out of the audience, and I'd say, "Come on up, let's do this seven levels deep." Like I got it, man. I know what it is, and I'm like, okay. So, like, I'm gonna give you a quick example. I, yeah. I won't, I won't beat this up, but this is so important yeah. because when you feel fatigued, when you want to say no, when you don't want to go to the gym, when you don't want to make that sales call, when you don't want to get your funnel working, when you don't want to start new, when you don't want to say no to someone you should say no to, or say yes to someone else you should say yes to. Literally, for me, still, I fall back on my why. And when I think of my kids and going backwards and being in control, I could push through anything. Nothing stop me a bad day I don't know what it's like to be sick because my mind I, I can program my brain to just power through because I focus 
foundationally on this why. So I get, I remember this guy, he was awesome. Big dude, he had dreadlocks. He was like six foot seven. I mean, six wow. foot five. He was huge, just awesome dude. He comes up. He's like, man, I like pick me up. He gives me this big <laughs> hug. He's like, Let. so I said, why are you here? He's like, I already know, dude. You're not going to get seven levels on me. You're not going to. I've already done the exercise. He says, I'm here because in my neighborhood, there's no dads. There's not enough dads in my neighborhood. I grew up without a dad. These kids need dads. So I'm making money in real estate and I'm starting this youth group. I already had dad. We get dads together and we go spend these days. He had, his, he had this amazing story. And I, I mean, I, I melted on the first one. And I said, well, why is that important? He goes, dude, what do you mean? Why is that important? He, of course it's important. And he's laughing. He's joking. And he gives me another reason. I want more money because I want to build a building for it. But I could tell he was still in his head. Uh-huh. He gets the number two or one and his everything changed on him. He gets small and he starts crying. I mean, like uncontrollable crying and he gets to his number one he's like my mom raised a good boy but when she died nine years ago i was a drug addict Mm. and she never saw the man she created and she said i'm showing her in heaven what a man she i mean i'm saying it right now i got physical good he said that and i said he said i'll never stop now i'll never Mm. stop and again we all have our own reasons for doing stuff but when you get to the heart of why you're watching why you do what you do it's so much deeper than what you think and i forget sometimes i i hope i don't sit here and feel like seem like i got my life all figured out i've been blessed to have Mm. more i've had more blessings in my life than i ever could imagine if somebody would have told me at 25 this is where i'd be i'd say impossible it's so i i appreciate my blessings but i'm not I'm not perfect at all this stuff, but when I mm. practice these habits, when I think through this, when I recognize my why, the days that I'm off track, the days I think I bit off more than I can chew, or the days where I feel like I plateaued, when I go back to that why, it's like game over. You're not getting in my way. Nothing is. Mm. Mm. Wow. You got me emotional. What is the, uh, I mean, you've achieved so much over the years. You know, you said in the first 18 months, 150 million in sales, you know, and that was 20 years ago. And the things you've created about now, 10, yeah, but, 10 years ago, yeah, the yeah. things you've created now, you've created so much. You've impacted so many lives. It sounds like you don't need to work or need to keep pushing. Yeah. Um, but why do you, what's the dream and why do you keep going after it? So I think it's three things. So real quick, I think there's three types of entrepreneurs. There's an entrepreneur who wants to work under the blanket of someone else, right? They're the company, they're the person that's in a company like, man, that guy, that woman, Mm -hmm. she just, they want to rise up through the ranks and be an entrepreneur, but kind of with the safety net. And it doesn't make them better or worse than anybody else. I mean, without the implementers in your life, without the team, who would I be without the amazing people on my team? Secondly, there's lifestyle entrepreneurs. Like my buddy Dean Jackson, he's got this, I know I'm being successful when list. For anybody who's got a lifestyle entrepreneur, there's just a certain amount of money. He says, I know I'm being successful when I don't, I don't have an alarm clock in my house and it never goes off. I wear black t-shirts every day and no one gives a shit. Uh, um, I golf, you know, I golf at least five times a week. I live on a $50,000 a month net income. I live like, what do you say? I live like an artist with a trust fund, except I don't know how to paint. So he's got this, he's, so he he like, he has this list. He knows he's being successful when, and that's, that's lifestyle entrepreneur. And then there's entrepreneurs that just want to keep, that just want to, they're accomplishment based. It has nothing to do with the money. They thought it was, and I think this with me, they thought it was when I get the money and success out of the way, then I could stop worrying. And it's not. It's the next accomplishment. What can you do? This, this, it's yeah. It's it's the game, and I think it converts. That's why you see somebody like Richard Branson that that his whole life now is is uh, Virgin Unite. You know his charity. I, I spent a couple of weeks with him out in his island because we, me and Joe Polish raised a million bucks for him. So we got to spend time with him, and, and he started that same process, made all the money, and then now he's still driven. But now it's how many more schools he could build in Africa. Mm-hmm. So it never changes. It just but always have your focus on something. Like you see people who go to you know Warren Buffett 
his age, he's still crushing because he has a bigger purpose. We always have to have that. So mm. I would say, yeah, I, you know, a couple of years ago, especially when the kids are young, I was thinking of, should I just cash out and spend 10 years being a dad? But I, w- I wouldn't be the best me. I love accomplishing. I love mm. creating. I love something new, uh, you know, so. Mm. What do you want to accomplish in your life? What's the big thing? The big thing is, uh, you know, I, I'm first and foremost, I'd love to say it's, you know, I, I'd say top Two is showing people an easier path. I think most people are 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 they're driving a hundred miles an hour and they don't know where to go. It's like even if they got a Ferrari engine, they don't have any GPS, and it's like everybody's going fast. And most of the time, they think it's going to be this dramatic, spectacular thing. And a lot of times, it's the same thing that they could have learned from Dale Carnegie or Earl Nightingale or Napoleon Hill or or somebody. You know, it's just these simple core things that can make them slow down and achieve. And I think that I can. I think I have the ability to deliver a message in a way that it sticks. And that's what I've been blessed to do in real estate is it's not that I had found the only way to make money in real estate, but I'm the, I was the biggest real estate educator in the entire world. There was nobody even close to me. It was like second, second through 20th place didn't make up the volume <laughs> right. I did. Right. Right. And there was other guys that were great at education. I just think I found a way to deliver it. It's probably because of my dyslexia and my learning disabilities and mm-hmm. stuff. I found a way to give people recipes. So I would say the, a big fuel is, is getting people these strategies in their hands so they could see there's a better way. But the number one is is to just be a, a totally present and impactful father. Mm. Like I, it's it's just where I'm at, and it's magical age. Anybody who's watching it remembers their kids eight, ten years old. It's like they're just. It's all. I'm still Superman. They still love me. <laughs> In two, three years. It's, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I'm t- I'm gonna absorb it while I can. You know, a cool. couple of years I might have a you know a new um, uh, mm. you know thing for trying to get teenagers to like you or something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sure. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's gotta be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. When you get a new car or a new home, your first reaction might be to say things like, oh yeah, or I can't believe it, or booyah. But what you really want to say is the one thing that can get you the help you need. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm is there with the coverage you need for your car, your home, and even boats, motorcycles, RVs, and other things that matter to you. With a State Farm agent, you know someone is there to help you choose the coverage you need. With so many coverage options, it feels good knowing you can find what fits for you. And when you need ways to get help, State Farm gives you options there too. In person or on the phone with your local agent or on statefarm.com where their award-winning app State Farm lets you do things your way. So when you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember to say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. What's the um, the thing people misunderstand um, about you the most? Um, I would say because I did infomercials for years. Me and years. Tony and I had this conversation. A lot of times when somebody sees you on an infomercial, it's like, oh, that guy's, I, you know. That guy's got to be a huckster. He's just schlepping books on a on an infomercial. So I think the right. biggest misconception is that uh, I'm an introvert. When I'm on stage or on camera or mm. an interview, I love it. But if I go to my kid's school function, there's a whole bunch of people around. I'm the one hiding in the really? corner or playing with the kids. I'm not a networker. I've never mm. had a business card in my entire life. And I think some people, when they see that, if they're looking from afar, if they don't come up and shake my hand, people will say, oh, that guy, he's 
he's too good for everybody. He doesn't talk to anybody. Uh, I really don't know. I'm, I'm hiding. Sure. Right. So I would say that. And, and I think the infomercial thing, you know, I'll give, I got just one more thing about Tony Robbins. The first time I met him uh, about five years ago, I go up to his hotel room. He's doing a date with destiny, invites me up for lunch. And I get there and we're talking for like 15 minutes and he stands up and he picks up and he gives me a hug. And he says, I, I got to apologize to you. He's like, I almost canceled this meeting today because you're an infomercial guy. And he goes, I made a judgment. And he goes, what an ass, because I was the infomercial guy. He goes, I've been trying to run away from it because people look at you and wonder. And he said, and I judged you wrong. And we've been really close since then. So I think that those two things are probably the biggest. Mm, wow. Now, so I'm surprised you still do infomercials then if you think so many people, you know. Yeah, you know what? So I, I don't mind because it's all about the message. Yeah. I want to get my message out there. I've been off TV for two and a half years on purpose by choice. Um, but with millionaire success habits, I just, I ran across Larry King, who was a big impact in my life. We met, I said, do you want to do a show? I, you're the one who inspired me to do sit down. So he interviewed you. He interviewed me. And the funny thing is, so I'm going to digress here for a minute. Yeah. I'm going really, to digress <laughs> on two things that are really funny. So eight, nine years ago, I'm watching Larry King interview Joel Osteen. Mm-hmm. He says to Joel, I'm, I'm guessing nine, nine, ten years ago. He says to Joel, I'm a Jew. I don't believe in Jesus. That means I'm going to hell. I'm like, oh my God, could you imagine getting wow. asked that on Larry King where there's millions of people watching? Joel like turned different colors. He didn't know how to answer. And and if, if you don't know who Joel Osteen is, like the biggest pastor in yeah. the world, right? Um, so I see that and I remember thinking, oh my God, could you imagine if Larry just looked at the camera and said, hey, like Joel or not, if you'd like to get his book, call our show. And that's what inspired me to do a Larry <laughs> King show. I just wow. thought, so I raced and I built a set like Larry King. I spent four grand for Larry it, yeah, King's microphone, cool. right? I did all this stuff. I do an interview and that was my big breakout show. That's when my company mm. went from 10, 15 million a year. We broke a hundred million dollars in a year within 18 months because of that sit down live. I so no teleprompter, no it's script. Like the, the bald guy or the bald guy? Yeah, we had different guys. Yeah, we had different guys through the years, but we did all these different <laughs> yeah, yeah, things, yeah. right? So I say that. And so Larry King inspired me to do that. It was just the change. Now That's everybody cool. does sit down interviews, but I was the first one out there and the first one who sold a book direct on the infomercial, to, on the infomercial yes. direct to consumer. So we sell the book. Larry makes an impact in my life. He doesn't know it. Fast forward years. Now Larry comes. I haven't used that set in ages. We wheel it back out because Larry's coming, my right, gosh. to do this interview. And I'm, I'm nervous. Like I'm a little kid. Larry yeah. King's coming. I mean, I know, you know, Larry Larry's interviewed sitting him. right here. When yeah, I interviewed him. Yeah. yeah. So Larry comes and he gets there and we go to dinner that night. And the next day he comes in the studio and he, I'm telling him this story. And as a, he's kind of not paying attention to me and he looks over and he goes, you know, the mic is supposed to be here. No way. And he moved it. I was just like, Oh, this is so amazing. <laughs> and we just riffed. He goes, you have questions for me? I said, here's my goal, Larry. I, I do. I have all your questions and they're loaded on a teleprompter, but why don't you just start the show like you always start your shows when you say to somebody, why this book, why now? He used to say that all the time. And he goes, Dean, you don't need this. Why the hell are you doing a book now? And we just riffed for a half hour. And so wow. that's everybody watching. You guys will see that show. It's, so there's no pre, and there's no questions no. he really used off the no, prompt. He just, just kind of went just, off one he, or two. And, yeah, and we rocked it. And, and the show yeah. tested, it's solid. It'll be out in February. Wow. So can I tell you a really funny story? Sure. Larry, if you, he is a, he's an amazing joke teller. Amazing joke and storyteller. Oh my God, there's nobody better in the place. Jokes for days. Yeah, and, and I'm, I don't know if you know who Harvey McKay is. Yeah. Swim and Shark. So last Friday, Larry came to my office and Harvey's there. Wow. They're there for two hours. I'm between these two, 83 and 84 years old. They got more history <laughs> and stories and they're just outdoing each other with stories. Yeah. It's nonstop. And I just, and they'd look at me and I'd be like, I got nothing. Just yeah, you guys yeah, keep yeah, going. So Larry, Larry for like the, all the years he's doing live mm. with Larry King, they have this, they have, he has a producer who's like a practical 
a prankster. Mm-hmm. And he said, but big time, really good at what he does. Wow. And he said, anytime that someone was in the office a little off or, bo- or, or grumpy, they'd get him. So he said they had this guy, I don't know what department, but he was kind of a pain in the ass for lack of a better word. Sure. So they wanted to get him. So the guy came in every day structured. He came in with his briefcase, his hat, his overcoat. He'd hang his hat, hang his overcoat up and go to work. So they went and found the hat the exact hat and bought one two sizes too small. Oh my gosh. So every day he'd come in, they let him go for a week where he'd go to put the hat on. No way. He couldn't get over his head. Like me, I'd have to tell the guy like in a day. So the guy's freaked out. He's coming in off, like just off. He thinks his head's swell, right? Oh my gosh. So then they didn't just leave it there. I'm like, then you told him? He goes, no. He goes, then we bought a hat two sizes too big. Shut and up. we left that there for a week. And he said he was rolling up paper and stuffing it in no his hat. No way. And I'm like, oh my God. I mean, but Larry tells that story so amazing. Oh and then they finally told him after two weeks. That's hilarious. Anyway, wow. I didn't mean to digress. It was just a funny story. No, it's amazing. Um, is there any question that you wish more people would ask you um, that they don't ask? God, that's a really good, that's a really good question. Um, yeah, probably how to get, you know, I, I think, and I watched this when we, when we did the fundraiser with Richard Branson, we went there. I watched everybody trying to ask him, like, how'd you get to be a billionaire? And... I don't, I think that's the wrong question when you see somebody successful. I think it's, I think it's more of like asking them either what their why was or how they overcame obstacles or how they persevered. Mm -hmm. So I think, and and I don't think it's about our, it's about the story. It's just, I think so many people give up on the five yard line. I think, I think so many of you are just there and you think it's so much heavier. When you start playing at a higher level, there's not a lot of competition. No. And it's not doing, I'm not doing much different. I'm just being honest with you. I'm not doing much different now than I did to start my collision shop and start my auto sales. I'm doing the same thing just on a bigger scale. I still have to overcome negativity. I still have to get out of bed. I still am stressed some days. And there's some days I question myself. There's some days I make bad decisions. And it's just how you get over them, how you handle it, and how you go forward is is everything. Yeah. And, and and you say that, and I, I'm talking and thinking at the same time, and, and I don't know how much time we have left, but I would say the last thing, or, or one of the last things I'd love people to, to really think about is their thoughts. You Have you ever read The Untethered Soul? No. It's got to put it on your list. Okay. It's, it's an, I'm, how about Eckhart Tolle, The Power Now? Sure, yeah, sure yeah. you read that? I have, yes. Okay, so and Untethered Soul is, for me, it's it's that and, and so much more. It's a, it's a great book. Wow. Um so I don't know if you had another question. So I think, so I, I'll reframe that. It's that one. Yes. But if there's one specific question, I'd love for people to say, how do you be the observer of your thoughts? Mm. And that's something. So how do you? Yeah. And that's something I would, I would, I, and the only reason I say this is because I've been obsessed with it for the last <laughs> three years because I want to be the observer of mm. thoughts immediately and I'm not there yet. I want it to trigger because when you're having a bad day, an angst day, a stressful day, you feel off or overwhelmed. Most of the time, it's just the thoughts we're having in that particular day. And when you can look back and view those thoughts, you can make a decision to throw them out or not let that spin you up or feel it for 10 minutes and then throw it out. But when you leave them there, they just linger. And the more I've become aware of my thoughts, the more I've evolved as a person. So again, I'm, I'm sitting here because my daughter, you're probably bored to death on love you. Uh, she's <laughs> doing great over there. Uh, I'm going to tell a story about her. I am trying to observe my thoughts as they happen. So I don't know if she'll remember this, but we were, we were, and, and I'm sharing this as my story, but I want you to put yourself in these shoes. This could be your husband, your wife, your kids, your coworker, your partner, people you do business with, employer, employees, but we're at breakfast and breakfast is really important to our family. We have breakfast mm. every single day. And, and I cook for them most of the time. And 
So we sit at breakfast and we try to have conversations about gratitude and all this kind of stuff. And my son, Brody, was obsessed with these crayons. And they were like these crazy colors. They weren't red. They were like aqua blue marine something. It had these three names. So I'm sitting there using them. And, and I pull it out. I go, God, this is a cool color. And he names it. And I'm telling this for a reason. So I pull out another. He names all, I was at 25 or 50 in that pack. So he names all of them, these big long names. I'm like, dude, what an incredible <laughs> gift. I couldn't memorize these if I spent a month trying. Right. It's not my, how my brain thinks. But that's him. He's this structured, organized kid. So Bree... Uh, she says to me, I can do that. So I don't know if you remember this one, but she studied it. And like five minutes later on the second one, she didn't remember. I'm like, we're all blessed with different gifts. I couldn't remember. He does that, but she, my daughter's the inventor. She comes up with mm. ideas that are real, not not kid inventions. She's going to be amazing. She's going to be the visionary. My son's going to be the implementer. If you sure. ever read Rocket Fuel, that's the two sure. kids I have. I have yeah. an implementer and a visionary, right? So when she tried, all of a sudden she got upset and started mm. almost crying. And she said, because there was so much attention going to my son. Of course. And she says, Dad, it's because you spend more time with Brody than me in the mornings. Mm. And I remember just having the immediate thought that may have came from my dad or the way I was brought up. And I said to her, Bree, don't lie to me and don't lie to yourself. That's not true. I, I work my butt off to be completely equal. And you're telling yourself a lie. It's not a good story. And I went on this rant and she tucked it up. She stopped tears. She tucked it up. It was the first time ever that she left the house without kissing me goodbye mm. ever. And I'm like, well, she just got to learn that lesson. Yeah. And she left for about a half hour. And I like, it hit me like a ton of bricks. Like I observed that thought I had. And what I basically told my daughter is that I didn't give a shit about her feelings, that it didn't mm. matter how she felt right. that dad was right. Tuck it down. I right. said, if she was married to a man and I watched her try to tell her husband about her feelings, how she was feeling. And he basically told her to shut up and tuck it down. I'd have a talk with that dude right. if he's married to my daughter. And I treated my daughter that way. I got in my car because I only because I'm sharing this because I, I practiced trying to observe what's going on. Why am I feeling this way? What is this thought I'm having? Step back, look at it. When I stepped back and looked at it, I knew I screwed up. I drove the school 100 miles an hour. She even was, if you were right. Even if I was right. No, I, I might have been right that I keep equal time. Yes. But I didn't acknowledge her feelings. Exactly. I didn't acknowledge her feelings. I mean, and that's the gift of selling. It's not what people need. It's what they want and how they feel, right? Mm. So I told her her feelings were off. I drove to her school 100 miles an hour. You were at chapel. <laughs> Do you remember I came and got you out of chapel? I got her out of wow. chapel and I walked her outside and I said, Dad screwed up. I wow. said, I may have been right in context, but I wasn't right in telling you your emotions mean something, your feelings mean something. And we had a great talk. We hugged, we kissed her, and I had the best relationship in the world. And, and I left. And I felt amazing. And she felt amazing. And I never would have caught that if I wasn't observing my thoughts. So I say that story about my family, my daughter who's sitting here right now, but who, who are you not, you know, what thoughts are clouding your judgment in a marriage or in a relationship or in your partnership or trying to get a, a raise or taking your life to another level? Whatever it is in your life, most of the time it's those thoughts mm. that wow. are messing with us. And if you can, yeah. you can observe them, you can adjust them. Amazing, man. Um, I've got a few final questions okay. for you. This has been great. Uh, this one's called The Three Truths. Okay. So it's uh, many, many years down the line. You've achieved everything you want, but it's your last day. It's your last day here, okay. right? And you know it's the last That's day. Your whole, your whole family is there, friends, yeah. everything. Um, for whatever reason, all your books have been erased from time. Okay. And they've sold hundreds of millions of them at this point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're all gone. Okay. And uh, someone in your family comes up and says, I have a piece of paper and a pen. And all you get to do is write down three things you know to be true about everything you've experienced in your life. The three simple truths or the three lessons that is all we would remember you by physically. Because yeah. all the, the stuff in the books is gone. What would be the three truths for you? 
Um, wow, what a great question. I'm glad I didn't know that one in advance because I would have thought about it I too know. much. That's really good, dude. <laughs> um, I think the three truths are that um, it's not the objects, it's the things that we get to experience. So you can't buy your way. I, I, lot, I had a lot of pain as a kid, which we all did. And I, I know I thought for a time in my life that money would fix that. And there's nothing more than the experience. My daughter's on her first trip with me as a business trip. This will last, this is worth millions to me. I'd give up all my books to have that. So it's the, it's the moments and the experience, not the things, um, is one. I would say, um, wow, wow, um, that I lived true. Okay. This is a really good question. Sorry, I'm studying. <laughs> it's all good. But um, I would say, success is easier than people think. Like I, I think I, like there's a lot of days I'm like, man, when's everybody going to figure out I'm not that smart? <laughs> I'm just being honest. I literally, for years I would say, ah, people are going to figure I'm not that smart. I'm just enthusiastic and, mm. and you know, and I have the momentum. And, and so I would say that that truth is don't be overprepared, be overly enthusiastic and committed. Um, and I would say last is um, that I found a way to not to let thoughts be things, not who I am. If thoughts can be automatically a thing, but not who I am in my soul, then then I lived a good life. Mm. Mm. Those are great truths. Thank you. Um, before I ask the final question, I want to acknowledge you for a moment, Dean, for your incredible generosity and your enthusiasm for wanting to impact so many people. Oh, thank you. From a guy that has gone through so much pain and suffering to a person who's led a life of service and constantly pushing the envelope and showing what's possible oh, for people you, like me who are dyslexic as well and who yes. barely uh, you know, got through high school and college myself, yes. seven years of college. Um, you're such an inspiration. Every time I see your message or see you in person, you're always smiling and happy and, and want to give to people. Well, thank you. So uh, I want to acknowledge uh, you for all those gifts. Well, thank you. And I, and yeah. I give that back. That's why I'm here because I love what you're doing. And then don't don't stop. Keep pushing. Yeah. No matter what it takes, get it out there. I appreciate thank it. Thank you, man. appreciate you. We have uh, one final question, but make sure you guys go get Millionaire Success Habits. Go get the book. Where's the link for it again? Uh, you can, Of course, it's on iTunes, but we uh -huh. set up a special link uh, at mshbook.com. MSH. Yeah, like Millionaire Success, success Habits. Yeah, mshbook.com. Awesome. We'll have that linked up in the show notes. Um, and where do you like to hang out the most online? Do you spend time on social media at all yourself? I don't. Not much. A little bit on Facebook, okay. a little bit on Instagram. but Okay. But we'll link it up much. there in the show yeah, notes as well. Yeah, that would be great. And uh, the final question is, what's your definition of greatness? Um just going at it full full tilt boogie a buddy of mine used to say when I was in high school he used to say when he was playing football if he had a great day he goes and I was full tilt boogie I don't even know what that means but I think definition of greatness is just knowing that you gave it your all and I think so many people on that last when you're 90 years old and you look back if you say if you don't if you didn't give it your all I think that's going to be one of those things like I had one shot at this why didn't I just go for it why didn't I say yes why didn't I finally say no so I think greatness is just freaking putting the pedal to the metal Mm, Dean, thanks, thanks so much man. for going Appreciate being Appreciate here, it. man. Appreciate it. I hope you guys enjoyed this interview. If you got some value out of this, please share this with your friends. Again, lewishouse.com slash 428. Share it with your friends on social media and tag me at Lewis House on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. And let me know what you enjoyed most about this interview. The insight, the tip, the story, 
that meant the most to you, that opened you up in some area of your business or your life. Again, lewishouse.com slash 428 to watch the full video interview, to get all the information about how to connect with Dean online, to learn about where to get his book, and also to see all the show notes from what we covered in today's interview. If you're struggling in your life, if you feel stuck, if you feel like there's not a better option, there is. There are example after example of people that I bring on here, guys, that struggled at one point in their life and figured it out. Dean mentioned it over and over and again at the end how you know he's wondering when people are going to find out that he's not that smart, that he's not that talented, but he's just figured out a couple of tweaks. And that's what it is, guys. It's a couple of tweaks every now and then that you're implementing and building over time. It's less crowded at the top, I'm telling you. For a kid who grew up not believing in himself, who grew up with my parents struggling, constantly arguing, who grew up in a small town in Ohio, the things I'm doing now, like Dean talked about, this is like a dream life. And the people I'm connecting with, I never wanted to, in my wildest dreams thought that I'd have relationships with or get to hang out with or get to interview the people who sit in this studio right across from me to share their stories. I never in my wildest dreams would have thought that would be possible for my life. But for almost a decade now, since I stopped playing professional football, my original dream, I have taken consistent actions that aren't that different than what you're taking. I've just tweaked them and optimized them a little bit to get me to where I want to be. And I'm constantly in the journey. I'm constantly in the process for the next level for myself. So now I see where I'm at. And if I feel stuck, I just know it's a couple little tweaks. And again, it's that enthusiasm. It's that passion that Dean talks about that really is contagious. And the more energy and passion and positivity that you bring and an understanding of other people and their needs, you're going to create more abundance in your life. If you found this valuable, let me know again, lewishouse.com slash 428. And you know what time it is. It's time to go out there and do something great. Serves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30.
You seek the key, but first you must learn the ways of precision, craft, and performance with Acura's all-electric ZDX. With a premium bang and a Lufsen sound system up to a 313-mile range in a Type S variant with an estimated 500 horsepower, the ZDX is their most powerful SUV yet. Unlock the energy when you visit Acura.com to order yours today. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. I've learned the hard way that constantly holding on to your emotions and repeatedly choosing to not talk about your feelings will only make you feel worse and worse. And up until about 10 or 11 years ago, I was afraid to talk about my trauma that I experienced. And I know we all carry around different stressors, big and small. And when we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. But therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. And if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to fit your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Lewis today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash L-E-W-I-S. 